Being handicapped or disabled can feel like you're moving forward in reverse. I'm your host, Scott Norton. Join me and my new friends from this underrepresented community as we talk about disrupting the status quo and creating change within the world and within ourselves. Hey, life's a road trip. Hop in. Let's turn on some tunes and go. passenger seat and managing the radio is Leanne Reiber. While researching Leanne, a fictional character came to mind, Don Quixote. In that, the book boiled down to the relentless pursuit of idealistic goals. Don Quixote teaches us that life is to be challenged and that passion and discipline of a determined soul are a fundamental element of being a leader. Quixote does not accept current reality. He forces his creative imagery his commitment, and his happiness on it. Just as Don Quixote is famous for jousting windmills, Leanne has fought and defeated her own windmills as well. Hi, Leanne. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. You are not the first non-American guest. As a matter of fact, this morning I interviewed Sandy Roberts from uh, Great Britain, and we had a nice discussion. Uh, but you are the first Canadian. Uh Life's a road trip is is taken off, and I've got booked for the next couple of months two other Canadians and another Brit. So we're getting away from just the American soil, and I love it. Love that. Um, Welcome to Canada. Yes, ma'am. I have a question for you, though. Speaking of old Canada, is your political system as screwed up as ours? Oh, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Seriously? Yes. I thought you guys were going to be the the one uh, uh, country on earth that's moving forward decently and you guys don't pick on each other and i don't think so anymore oh god all (laughs) right well so much for that uh my wife and i were in in europe and we kept coming across uh good lord in in london we i would i happened to go out on a venture on my own and i went past some government buildings and there was all of a sudden a uh a camera crew pulled up as these guys were trying to uh, uh, vault over a, um, a guarded uh, gate in order to get into a, um, a government building as a protest. They knew they were going to be arrested. And here they're right freaking in front of me, being grabbed off the gate and being thrown into the paddy wagon and everything. So I guess everyone is having problems getting along. I think uh, so. But speaking of getting along, you seem to have no problem getting along with folks. You've put in more than 20 years working in developmental services sector. Um, Please tell us or tell me, because this is something I came across when I was researching you about the community uh, living of Meaford, uh, along with your other supporting people with disabilities in a variety of capacities. Could you tell us about that stuff, please? For sure. So community living Meaford, I worked uh, for about eight and a half years. Um, Prior to that, I worked for another community living agency in Walkerton, and it was my first job. I actually got hired when I was 13 and a half years old. Oh, very cool. You were a volunteer, a young volunteer. (laughs) This was way back in the day when things were much (laughs) different. Um, Uh, Yeah, I actually was, I was applying for babysitting jobs and or uh, another type of job, and and I got called from community living. So Okay, um, there's a little difference. Yeah, a little different. And essentially, they asked me to come and meet an individual and her family. And 
um, they were looking for someone that would commit to working with her and her family for, you know, a, a period of time because they'd had a lot of turnover in, in the support staff. And the first time that I met her, she repeated my name. Now, it was really significant because one of the things that they wanted out of a support staff to work with this individual was someone who would engage her so that she would get back to speaking because essentially she'd finished high school. She had years and years of living on the farm with a large family. And because the family was so engaged in farming, there was a lack of engagement with her specifically. And she actually lost the ability to read and write and, and actually deteriorated in her speech. So when she was introduced to me and she repeated my name back, her mom immediately said, I'd love for you to work with her. She, she very clearly likes you. And thus began my journey in developmental services. I, I'm just trying to piece how that all came to you. It's interesting, the older I get, and I'm over 60, that we can look back and point at forks in the road mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with us specifically or our desires where life just happens. Yeah. And we start venturing off in that route and you never go back to where you were at one point because now you're happy. Yes. I think that's interesting. So I first came across you, and I've been doing this a lot. I've been digging and talking with people off of LinkedIn, which I find is a fantastic media platform. Um, around Circling around your photo on, on LinkedIn is hashtag open to changing the world. That just grabbed me because I, I think I was looking at it on a la small laptop at the time, and I had to open up the picture and try to find out what is that surrounding her, her <laughs> photo. Oh, okay. That's what first pulled me in. Well, I think I probably saw you make a couple of posts, which uh, interests me. But that's what I—that's what really pulled me in to start digging into who the heck you were and maybe invite you on. Could you tell us what what are you doing with that? I honestly kept seeing people's profile pictures on LinkedIn change to open to work and open to yes. you know di different things. And that's I what thought, I thought it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It is very much something like that, except sure. it's bigger. I thought, you know, why shouldn't there be a hashtag or why shouldn't there be a profile picture that says that we're open to doing more than just work? I am absolutely open to changing the world through my work. And so I decided to take my picture and create my own hashtag and put it on there. And I did. <laughs> now you give me even more reason to want to be talking to you because I think that it seems to me, again, the older I get it, um, society is losing or we're losing uh, people like you that are just balls to the wall. Why not? Let's do something. And that's what I'm starting to do with this podcast. So that's interesting. I am meeting people like myself now or people like you are helping the real me come out. I love that. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why can't we just work together on some things? We're going to definitely get into something you're working on. Yeah. That's going to be impacting, uh, with uh, uh, the dis disabled community. I also came across an article in the Waterloo News of the University of Waterloo, and it's, it's listed as an impact story. And the title it goes, Professional Juggler, uh, colon, continuing, continuing education while starting a business. And immediately I'm thinking, okay, here's a juggler. And I saw, I saw you juggling three things in my mind. One was a sharp knife, which is your social services career. One was an ax, 
which at the time you were attending University of Waterloo, working on your uh, Bachelor of Arts in Social Development Studies. And the third was a running chainsaw of you starting up your business called Second Skin Society, which we're going to get to. Is there something that I admitted that you were juggling in the air? I mean, my God, woman. If, busy, if, you, busy. Actually, if you actually knew, at the, at the time I was also, um, I was the general contractor of my own house build. I've I've always been the type of person that puts a lot on your plate to get yeah. a lot done because I yeah. love I love living for it's not um you know I'm super grateful for everything that I have but I love the pursuit of the next thing that I can enjoy or that my family or my friends can enjoy with me the experience of going after goals I really love the growth that you experience through that process. So I am the type of person that puts a lot of things on her plate and I have been able to juggle successfully thus far. Not to say that I haven't dropped some balls along the way. I've certainly That's had, life. To, had to pick some up. Um, but as you said, you know, they all led me right here. And it's, it's interesting, you know, thinking back to the time where that article came out, I think that was uh, 2019 or 2020, somewhere around then. Mm -hmm. Um, at that time, I, you know, you said busy, busy. Well, <laughs> at that time, that looking back at that, that, that was very easy compared to what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I guess you could look at that as you needed those experiences with juggling the sharp knife, the ax and the, well, now you're just juggling the chainsaw, um, carefully. Uh, yes. In order to get you to this point, a hundred percent. Now it was. Go ahead. It was all life learning skills. There, there's, you know, it is in in the pursuit of goals that you go through that growth period, and all of those things that I went through, the different situations, the different dynamics of juggling all of those things simultaneously, and then of course when some of those things would end, it was an opportunity to either have more time for personal things and okay. or take on another project. Um, uh -huh. Just the growth experience has given me the skills that needed that I needed to have in order to do what I'm now doing. So it's and you couldn't get those from a book. No, yeah. no life no. experiences. And I, right. I think a lot of it, here's where we're going off away from the notes. And I love that. Um, so not from a book, but you have to be the type of person that isn't afraid to venture out and get away from a textbook or get away from behind a desk to go out and experience things that will not intentionally necessarily lead to or help you develop certain skills, but will get you the, to point to the next point of, well, why not that? Yeah. Or you wouldn't have yeah. seen it before. That's exactly um, what has happened over the entire course of my life that has led me here now. Yeah. See, uh, my wife Sue and I talk about that, and I, I bring it up to her more. We first met when she was a senior in high school at 17, and I was 19, and I was playing uh, soccer, and I was a DJ at a disco. And it was the night before, it was a soft opening, and her and some friends happened to come in because, again, we were doing a soft opening, they heard music in the area, and they, they went in. And it was one of those situations where I walked in from going to take a pee break, and coming in to go uh, change the, the next song. And something about her just struck me like crazy. And it actually, mm -hmm. we went out just for a little while, but it, 
I was so scared and I was immature and I didn't want to mess it up that life happened. I went off to college and she went off to do other things. She reached out to me 40, that's four zero folks, 40 years later. And it was as if time never passed. And we sometimes would talk about how we missed out on things together, you know, but I just say to her, we don't know because we're here now. We're here now. That's the most important thing. So it goes with what yeah, you were just saying. And, and your life experiences both separately shaped you into the people that could come together at the time that you did and have the relationship that you now have. I believe exactly. that. I, yeah. It's just life. There are some pretty cool things about uh, life and I don't mind learning about them um, hitting 60 because yeah. I can look back at so many things. Um, yeah. You had, three key elements that were mentioned in that article that you brought up and they were uh, time management, motivation and determination and self-care. To me, that reminds me of my time as, as a soccer player to try to make sure everything was juggling and especially adding in college and things. So could you, you know, you were already getting into that direction, but Phyllis, you know, or just, highlight those a little bit more about time management, motivation and determination and self-care. Those together seem like they'd be difficult to juggle. Yeah, actually they're great. Especially the self-care is a great reminder for me today um, to to think about uh, reincorporating into my life a little bit more. Um, Yes, I've always felt like I had really great time management skills. Even when I had, uh, you know, got my first job, I was in high school and working part time. And then when I was done high school, I wasn't sure at the time what I wanted to kind of go do uh, right away. I wasn't, I wasn't set on college or university right out of high school. So I took on more jobs. Uh, and I simultaneously worked a few jobs. Um, so I knew that I had the ability to manage a lot, especially, you know, when you consider looking back over the course of my life, all of the things that I've been able to put on my plate and accomplish. Um, it is a skill that I learned by doing, and not one that I just, um, you know, realized one day. It was if I want to have these things or if I want to accomplish these things, I need to learn how to or teach myself how to prioritize and reprioritize um, tasks in my day. And I, I was, I got really good at that just by simply doing it. The, I know the motivation and determination. I talk with a lot of people about this specifically when it comes to their health and wellness, because everyone wants to know how they stay, how they can stay motivated or how they can be, you know, hold themselves accountable when it comes to a certain goal for their health and wellness. And I always, um, and I, I believe in that article too, I referenced why, why, what's your why behind what you're doing, whatever goal that may be. And I, and I often ask people when it comes to their health and wellness, if they have a specific goal, Goal, why do they have that goal? Is it that they are looking for, you know, increased mobility because they want to be able to get down on the floor and play with their grandkids? There's always, you know, something behind the actual goal. And if you can find what that why is, and if you can connect with it, if it's meaningful for you, if you can imagine yourself, you know, being able to go to the park and run around with your grandkids or whatever that scenario is behind the, the goal itself. Um, that is motivating. That gives you a sense, you, you can actually feel what that sense of accomplishment is like now, today, even as you're still in pursuit of the goal. And so 
for me, motivation and determination, no matter what you're doing, it all comes down to why do I want to do this? What's on the other side of this? What's the feeling or what's the, um, you know, what's the actual accomplishment aside from the goal that I'm going to receive? And that keeps me coming back to it. That keeps me gritty. That keeps me on the days where I'm getting no's or the days that I, it seems like everything is falling apart. Why do I want to do it? Well, what I want to do right now, my why is truly to create impact, lasting impact far beyond my years on this earth. And so when I wake up every day and I get faced with that no, or I get faced with that challenge or something's not going the way that I want it to, I come back to why I'm doing it. And it makes it so much easier for me to just brush myself off and keep going. Um, you are a modern day Don Quixote. You keep <laughs> repeating the same things that I open with and we had never talked before. You know, you were saying that and I was thinking how serendipitous. If you only knew the things That's that wild. had actually just unfolded in the last couple of years for me, it really is wild that you would choose that. Wow. Um, the self-care piece is a work in progress. And it's because I am the person that is so goal oriented and I, I love that pursuit of goals and I love to handle a lot of things um, that I have to consciously make the decision to incorporate self-care into my, my life, into my days. Otherwise, it would be all goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and at some point, uh, you know, you run into burnout or you run into um, just not having a work-life balance, uh, which is not healthy. So self-care for me, it changes in what that looks like specifically. But one of my non-negotiables is a daily walk outside in nature every single day. I've got two dogs, so they make it very easy for me to get out and do that. But the experience that I have when I'm breathing fresh air and when I'm, you know, just looking up at the sky or the trees and, and realizing how much beauty I am surrounded by every single day that's the best self-care that I could ever have. So I make it uh, something that I do every single day, first thing in the morning before I do anything else. Um, Yeah. And we all grow up hearing that that's the way that you should be, but we always let other things get in the way. You know, I raised five kids and there was always something I never, well, I I have to take it back. We lived in uh, Las Vegas for five years and every morning I'd get up at six o'clock and I'd go hit the pool because we, you, know, you got to have a pool when you're in Vegas. Um, so talking about goals and things, you know, with this show's uh, taken off, we had uh, over 10,000 listeners. We hit that mark for February. So I think we're to the point where we might be getting some people wanting to drop ads. And we're going to take two seconds here for whoever it might be to sometime uh, work with us and drop an ad. So let's take two seconds now. Okay, we're back. Hopefully there's an ad in there. During an interview, uh, I found that the name Second Skin Society, and now we're venturing off into what's probably your biggest windmill now, uh, represents the shedding of old skin and discovery of your new and true self to reveal the cure which has been kept secret. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right, this is all yours because you've pulled back the reins uh, I first looked you up and I was able to get on Second Skin. The website's gone for as of right now, which is February 27 of 2023. You are making a ballsy move here by wiping everything out, 
cleaning, uh, clearing the ground and you're going to be building something new. So tell us about Second Skin Society. First of all, why the funky spelling? So it's oh, S-E-K-O-N-D. Yeah, yeah. Just to be cool? What? <laughs> yes, I thought it was cool. You know, it's interesting. I started the business, actually, it was a brick and mortar yoga studio at the time, and it was called Second Skin Studios. Um, and when I started the studio, I was thinking about all of the ways in which I was different from every other yoga studio that I had ever been to. So whereas you would go into, um, you know, maybe a more traditional type of yoga studio and everything is light and airy and, and kind of white and beautiful. Uh, my studio, the walls were black, the ceiling was black, the floors were gray. It was a vibe and it was intentional because of the type of yoga I was teaching. It was actually a form okay. of yoga that, okay. that combined yoga with athleticism. So there was a lot of, um, you know, cardio and strength involved in it. And I, I wanted it to be a different vibe that really kind of took you out of what you thought traditional yoga was like. And because this type of yoga at the time that I was teaching it, it, it actually opened the door for me to embrace yoga. Whereas I had tried very hard to love yoga for years before that. And I hated it. I was just, I had a running to-do list in my head every time I went to practice yoga. But that's so um, non-traditional. How, how was it? Cause you had to repackage it or you had to package right. it yeah. and yeah. get people to get into it. Yes. Yeah. How'd you do so that? I, I did that in everything that we did. So from the way that the studio studio looked, and then of course to the name and, and, you know, yes, okay. the K and, and even in the logo, you'll see the K's are turned back backwards. All of those little elements were just really to set a, us apart to, to show that we were different. And then when you came in, you experienced that vibe as soon as Got you it. walked in the door. Um, so the name itself though, it came because, I really was thinking about what I wanted people to experience. So beyond the physical of actually participating in the classes that we were putting on, what did I want people to experience by coming into the studio? And then of course, now it still carries through. What do I want people to experience by coming into our membership? And the experience I wanted people to have was a constant transformation. I didn't want it to be uh, you show up to lose weight or you show up for this specific thing and you get that thing and then your journey is over. In fact, I wanted it to be much more in-depth and I wanted it to be this constant kind of peeling back the layers. Um, you know, there's also... Uh, just a couple of significant things when it comes to, you know, shedding skin, it makes you think of the snake and the cobra as a yoga pose. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of little kind of details in uh, intentionally weaved into that name, but that it came from what I wanted people to experience. And now what we are doing, so let's fast forward. We have a brick and mortar yoga, yoga studio. The pandemic comes, we shifted to the virtual space without even a hesitation. It was truly something that was already in my head before that came. So it was a natural thing for me to do. And we actually expanded our services, offering many other, you know, uh, movement modalities, um, adding in nutritional resources and workshops, and started working with different members, both from a direct to consumer platform that we had, but also by working with some corporations and serving their employees. And last year, we had been running this virtual platform for two years. Last year, I realized that feedback we were getting from both members in the corporate space and the direct-to-consumer space 
both told me over and over, hey, we're so grateful that you offer accessible options. And I kept hearing that. And finally, one day it hit me, of course, you know, given my background, supporting people with disabilities in a variety of capacities through the course of my career from 13 to goodness, I don't even know how old I was when I, <laughs> when I stopped. But you probably don't more, even know how old you are today. It's tough. It's, it's, it's <laughs> tough to think about. Uh, it's, it's tough to actually mentally connect to my age today. But, um, you know, over 20 years of supporting people with disabilities, when I kept hearing that feedback and I realized it was a repeating pattern, something just clicked in me. And I thought, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the direction I'm supposed to go in. So end of last summer, beginning of last fall, I made the decision that I was actually going to build out a completely new, different iteration of the business and just work to maintain our current clients, our members, get them excited about what was coming, but not actively, not actively sell or onboard new people, which meant not bringing in revenue. Um, and just really focusing on my belief that the business was supposed to go in this direction. And so I believed that everything would work out to get me there. And here we are now, you know, getting ready to launch a new app that's accessible for people with vision loss, hearing loss, and other dis physical disabilities. Um, and it's inclusive. It allows people with disabilities or, you know, if you're injured temporarily, if you're an older adult and your body's needs have changed, you know, you still have access to health and fitness in a way that works for your body, but it also allows your family and your friends or caregivers to participate in the content with you. So it's creating this inclusive environment rather than, you know, making something accessible that, that is then going to further segregate the community of people with disabilities. That's not what I wanted to create. Well, I, I read an interview in which you were asked uh, about the barriers that people with disabilities face within the health and wellness space. And your response was first and foremost, zero representation. So mm -hmm. you obviously there's something in your heart and you're doing the Don Quixote thing again by doing something no one else is doing. And you're trying to tackle something that is a little different. So yeah. what do you mean by first zero representation? I mean, so when I, when I started looking into this, um, you know, it's interesting because it felt very much like a punch to the gut when I had this realization that there was such a, a, a huge, huge gap in the health and fitness uh, industry for people okay. with disabilities. It felt like a punch to the gut for me rather than an aha moment because I, I knew that I had this experience supporting people. And, you know, if I hadn't seen that gap, then no wonder other people who haven't had that same experience, um, you know, haven't seen the gap either. So lack of representation, you know, if you think about it, first of all, there's a lack of rep representation for people with disabilities in every single industry. Oh, yeah. But when you look at the health and fitness industry, I actually started Googling because I, you know, I didn't have time to put together a photo shoot immediately. Um, so I started Googling photos of people with disabilities exercising um, outside of anything clinical that would be, you know, kind of like physiotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found, I think, maybe seven or nine images that I could purchase to use 
because I felt like what I was doing, you know, my branding, the things that I had already gained from my business, they were no longer representative of what I wanted to create. And so as I was starting to talk about the fact that the business is going in this direction, if you were to go and look at our socials, you would see photos of people without disabilities. And I, and that just Mm -hmm. felt so wrong to me, which is why Mm -hmm. you'll see, if you go to our website, you'll see, we've got this kind of banner page that says we're redoing everything. It's because I didn't want to have that kind of push and pull of we're doing this, but yet we're still not representing. So I did purchase those seven or nine images and created some content that I could with it, um, you know, in the interim as we were, you know, getting prepared and really putting more intention into what we wanted to create and how we wanted to create it. Um, So the fact that that's how many images that I could find also highlights the lack of representation. The fact that as I'm going to hire instructors, you know, fitness instructors, yoga teachers, dance teachers with disabilities, that it's it's challenging to find people. Well, bet. Right? And it makes yeah. sense because, of course, if you don't see yourself in an industry, you're probably not going to think, hey, I'm going to go and become a dance teacher. If you don't see any other dance teachers that are like you, you are either the person to break that mold or you're just going to go and find something that seems like people like you would do. Um, uh-huh. And, of course, you know, I have been finding instructors, which is beautiful. I'm so grateful for every person that's out there. They have their own story as to what brought them into Um, you know, teaching some sort of movement class uh, with a disability. But the lack of representation is just really highlighted everywhere through as I started to explore this. It was like, can't find images, can't find instructors. Um, How are we going to create this thing without those? Um, So that's where that comment comes from is that there's just such a lack of representation. Well, from the same interview, you were asked what needs to be done to aid the disabled community. And, and you call for conversations. Right. As in what you've just been saying, you need to be able to have open discussion on some things. And that's where I'm starting to take the show. Mm. Um, and and you also mentioned, what is this? Uh, look at who's missing. Oh, yeah. I love this, this comment you made. Look at who's missing from the room and why they're missing. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple. When we look at the number of people across the, in the world, was it over a billion yeah. uh, that have a disability? Uh, and I've been talking to um, employment recruiters on people, whether or not they check if they need help on some things. Yeah. And of course, they're going to say no. Yeah. So to bring it into the mainstream, and I've been, I've been calling for, hey, folks in the disability community, look at what the LGBTQ community did over the past 15 years or so. That's pretty freaking mainstream now on television and, you know, all around. Not to mention what Martin Luther King and, and, and folks did um, back in the 60s to finally get to this point. Well, that's still there. But yeah. anyway, yeah. we are we do seem like the last community to be able to break through. But there there's a lot of money in this community. And maybe something what you're doing is something that's been untapped. Mm-hmm. And that's the Don Quixote thing again. And you, lady, is... Why not? Let's mm-hmm. go for it. It's in my mm-hmm. heart. Come on, everybody, follow me. I'm going to yeah. go joust that windmill. Um, so, yeah, I I really love what, what you're trying to, to do. Well, not, I shouldn't say trying, what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. You're just I in the beginning. I would have corrected you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad that you're open enough to say, no, no, you It's happening. It. Yeah. What yeah. else do you, I mean, 
keep going about what you want to do. I, I received, and I get your newsletters because I signed up for that, um, to see what you're doing. And I'm going to be rah mm-hmm. rah on you the whole way through. And you mentioned that things are going to be going forward and, and you're kicking back right now. What's going to be the new look when you launch that new website and, and put the app out there? Tell me about it. Oh, the new look is as many people represented as possible. And, and so really away from the seven to nine photos. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and really, you know, showing how, first of all, how movement or how health and fitness can be made accessible. So just that piece and then how it can be made inclusive, you know, because I think the, hmm. the, when people think about accessibility, it's like, yes, there, there, there needs to be access 100%. But I wanted to do more than just create access. I wanted to bring that entire huge community of people with disabilities in, not just create something that here, it's over here now for you and you have access to it and it's here for you, but we're still going to be over here. You know, if I don't have a disability, I'm still going to have access to all these other things. I wanted to bring people without disabilities and people with disabilities together um, to, to actually make an make something that could be inclusive and, and serve people in such a more impactful way, really, really creating impact. Where are you going to be drawing this from? Because I don't, I've been disabled now, been quite amputee. I'm coming up on 30 years this summer. I don't know where, you know, we have dreams and we wonder where the images in our dreams and all these things come from. Is it past experiences? So if you don't have that past experience, where are you going to be pulling these ideas from? Are you kind of the Alexander Graham Bell now of just have to make it? A hundred percent. You know, it's, it, it, images come from, it's, it's similar to, you know, how we were talking about looking back and seeing how things unfold, seeing that little connector, seeing that, that one interaction with that one person that actually just changed the entire trajectory of your entire life. And for me, when I think about, you know, the, the things that I see in my head, well, if I can see them in my head, I know they're possible because they're in my head. And so then it's a matter of how can I, you know, get from where I am today to where that picture is. And by the time I'm getting closer to that picture, the picture changes because I'm already on to, hey, I can even do it better than this. And it doesn't just come from me. It comes from, you know, I'm surrounded right now by people who are really supporting me in this and supporting me in it from, you know, whether they're they're coming on to be an instructor, whether they're coming on to my advisory team. Uh, whether they're making connections with other people in their network who, you know, have organizations or work for organizations that can support what we are doing. Um, every person that I come into contact with, and you as well, you will be a piece of this story. You are now a piece of this story cool. that gets Wanna to bring help. it to life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how we create the picture is everyone coming in and bringing their own pieces, adding it to the story. And all of a sudden we've built this, I'm going to say it here. We've built the largest health and fitness membership in the world. And it's focused around inclusion. Ballsy. That is Mm -hmm. ballsy Mm -hmm. to do. Why not? Why not? Right? Why not? Let's just make it happen. Um, Say, I I did see something about a a 90-day free access about completing a survey. Could you get into that place for the folks? Yes. 
we have a super short, it's about four minutes um, survey that we are collecting feedback from people right now to share what they need in terms of, um, you know, the content or the app itself and the functionality, um, and also what they prefer out of a health and fitness membership. Uh, We really want to hear from people right now, as we are in product development, as we're in content development right now, we want to know that we're creating what people actually want, the features that are going to help them be motivated or stay accountable or whatever those those pieces uh, for their own health and and wellness routine, what they need. We want to hear from people. So we're offering anyone who completes the survey 90 days of free access to our app when it is released. Um, And we would love for as many people who are listening and sharing it with their networks, their family and friends, let's get, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people to submit this feedback. So we make sure we build the product that people want. I mean, there's no better way to get information from the people that are going to be using it because you can't think about it all by yourself. It's, I think that's open and and inclusive way of thinking and be able to do things. Is there anything else you want to tell us? Because this is now you've taken one thing and morphing it or breaking it down really and rebuilding something else. Is there anything else you want to tell us about what's going to be popping up when, when you uh, uh, launch the new site and go in that new direction? Yes. um, I I would love to share just kind of some of the things that we know will be coming down the road. So we'll certainly have, um, you know, a phase where we focus on creating content for kids Um, for kids and families. That's absolutely on the radar. That'll be a big piece of what we do in the future, I have no doubt, uh, instilling those healthy habits at a young age. Um, The other thing that I know that I'm really, really excited when we can get to this point, when people are hearing about Second Skin Society and they're thinking, hey, maybe I want to be a yoga teacher. Maybe I want to be a dance teacher. Um, and maybe they're they're a person that has a disability and, uh, and, and don't know how to go about um, first of all, you know, being trained and then, of course, being hired. I know that Second Skin is going to be offering scholarships for people. Uh, That's so really cool. Help them get trained and then hire them to work with us and share their gifts. Um, that's certainly something that I'm excited about. Again, for me, this business is really about creating that lasting impact. And, and we're fusing it into every single thing that we do, not just with the product that we are building, but with every person that comes to participate in whatever way in, in the business in, in any capacity, um, in our ad campaigns, you know, getting that media representation and then showing other people. We're starting to see it. Some big names are starting to to create more inclusive advertising campaigns, which is beautiful. Um, we are going to champion that as well and, and hope to really just influence more people and I'm going to bring it back to, um, you know, you mentioned my comment about looking around the room to see who's missing. This is really what I want. I want people to recognize, number one, when you have that aha moment, when you hear about the fact that, oh, yeah, I've never realized that there's never been anyone in any of the gyms or studios I've been to that I've seen or very, very few that I've seen that has a a disability Um, why is that? I hope that people start to think about that in every single room, virtually or in person that they enter, they start to think about who's not in the room, because there's always a reason. And the reason is never that they don't want to be. The reason is because more often than not, it's because they have there hasn't been a space created for them to be included so that they could want to be 
involved that could be, you know, want to be in that room. It's it's about stepping outside of ourselves for once and thinking about things from other for other people's for perspectives. Once. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I just yeah, um, anything we could do here to help. Uh, and it's going to be fun to be receiving your newsletters and updates and looking forward to everything uh, popping open and, and uh, you guys moving forward. But that sound means it's time to shift gears to the uh, road trip roundup. As we wrap up the show, I'm going to be throwing uh, Leanne five questions about her um, experiences with uh, road trips. Okay. So here we go. When road tripping, do you tend to do fast food or local diners? Local diners. Okay. I, I'm more than 50% hearing that from all of my guests now. And I've told my wife, I said, Sue, whenever we're road tripping, now we have to start doing it because that makes the most sense. Why just zip through McDonald's and maybe go use a restroom or go get some gas when we're going to be eating that junk? So, okay, I'm on board. There you go. Because you get a, a taste for the local area too. Yeah, And absolutely. you might come across something, you know, like uh, in Great Britain, you have bang, uh, bangers and mash. Um, number two, what's your dream car for a road trip? Now, and that could be something you grew up with as a kid or something you guys have now, or something you would like to, you just, hey, I'm going to rent that just so I can go out on a road trip. I know exactly what car I'm going to tell oh. you. And it's it's not even just because I want to go on a road trip. It's because it's the car that I want to have. It is an Audi RS7. I, I love cars. I love Volkswagen. So I also love that you had the uh, Volkswagen Beetle horn. But the Audi RS7 is just a beautiful, luxurious ride that I will have someday. So that would be so what I take. Don Quixote is going to be getting off the horse and into an Audi. That's right. Right? Heard it here first, folks. Okay. You've got a personal goal, too. All right. Next. What's the last cassette or CD that was playing while you were on a road trip? Oh, my goodness. To be honest, I, I would have yes. to think it... It would be a mixtape. I'm pretty That's sure fine. it would be a mixtape. And that you uh, made? Yeah, yeah, that I made. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what what type of music? Rock, um, blues, oh, disco. All music. I'm I'm a very musical person. I sing, dance, play the piano, saxophone. I love very all cool. music. So to be honest, I don't really have a preference other than country is not my favorite. Oh, we're at the same point there. Okay. <laughs> All right, number four, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi, but I don't drink pop anymore. Okay, that's fine. And you said pop. So many people <laughs> will be listening to this thinking, what is pop? Folks, you can hear it. So she's from Canada. I'm from Wisconsin. We both call it pop. It used to be known as soda pop. Okay, folks? So it's not soda. It could be pop. So you heard it from a Canadian and a Wisconsinite. Okay. Last question, and you take this wherever you want, lady, right? What's your favorite road trip memory? Oh, well, you might just make me get emotional. My favorite road yeah. trip memory is every every road trip with my dad, who passed away a couple of years ago now. Um, my dad uh, and my whole family would drive to, from Ontario to Manitoba, Manitoba to see um, my mom's side of the family. And uh, it was always about a 24-hour drive, and we love to drive straight. So it was a time of, um, you know, switching drivers and, you know, 
changing baby's diapers and in the car, like uh, just, you know, laughing to the point of crying and uh, lots and lots of snacks in the car. It was beautiful, beautiful memories. Any trip with my dad was a great trip. That's fantastic. That's why that's the last question. Cause I, I learned right from the beginning from my first guest, you don't step past that one. Mm. So we're wrapping up. I, I want us to stay on for a couple of minutes but we're going to, right now, I'm just going to say ciao and chillax, everybody, and thanks for listening. And we will continue moving on with Life's a Road Trip. Thanks for listening. Check out previous episodes with new ones dropping each Tuesday. If you don't see a synopsis of this show where you're listening, visit our website at lifesaroadtrip.podbean.com for more information on this week's guest. This is your host, Scott Martin, reminding you that life's a road trip.